Why celebrate the coming of Jesus to this earth? What is the reason? Why celebrate Christmas? What is the reason for celebrating Christmas? I'll summarize in a very short time. And I believe by the grace of God, I'll be done. Father, yes, your word and not mine. Hide me behind the cross. Let me speak your word with such accuracy and precision. Unhindered, unchecked by the powers of darkness. Let it flow among us right now. Holy Spirit, have your way. This is a vessel. And I submit to your leadership. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. There is a story in the book of Genesis chapter 1 from verse 26 to 28 that says, God said, let us make men in our own image after our own likeness. Hallelujah. My, 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 my verse, I preach this verse every single day, right? You should know it by heart now. God said, let us make men in our own image after our own what? Uh-huh. The word let us make men in our own image and let them have let them have dominion. The word them there, it means God took himself out of the equation and he said let the men that we are going to create have dominion, meaning the power. What is dominion? Rulership, authority, power, sovereignty. What else? Leadership. What else? Kingdom. Right? Right? Right. So God, after he created man in his own image, after his own likeness, he gave them, remember God is a king, right? So he produced his own kings after his what? His own likeness. And he said, this child of mine is also going to be a what? A king just like me. But you know that a king, as long as he's alive, the son remains a what? A prince, Right? So God had to create a domain for the what? For the prince to become a what? A king in another territory. There is no king without a domain. We call it a kingdom because a king has got to have a what? A domain. So what was the domain that he was going to give to the prince? The earth. So when we came here on this earth, he gave us a kingdom. Earth kingdom. To do what? To rule. To do what? And do what else? And do what? Come on, tell me. To reign, yes. To have what? Authority. To work. To lead. As a king. To create. Huh? Calling animals by name. You are elephants. That's ruling, isn't it? That's ruling, isn't it? And God was pleased. He was so happy. He was so excited that I created my son. I've given him a, a dominion, uh, a domain 
on earth and is ruling the earth. And the Bible says in Psalm 115 verse 16, the heavens belongs to? The heavens belongs to? And the earth he has given to the sons of men. Come on, you mustn't forget those verses. I hammer them daily. Come on. The heavens belongs to God, but the earth he has given to the sons of men. So when God gave the sons of men to rule the earth, he allowed them to exercise their free will. If I give you a $20 bill and I tell you what to do with it, am I allowing you to do your free will? Right? He gave them to reign using their own free will. But before they left, he gave them something. He told them, you can eat of all the trees that you see in this garden. Except for the tree to know good and evil. Don't touch it. And you know, God is a king. When a king speaks, what he speaks becomes a what? A law. Right? Whenever a king speaks, what he speaks becomes a decree. It becomes a law. So when God spoke to Adam and Eve and told them that they may eat everything in the garden except for the tree of knowing good and evil, he made a decree right there. And what did he say? He said, the day you eat, you surely, the day that you eat, what will happen? You will die. The day that you eat of the fruit of this tree, you surely die. So what did God do as a king? He made a statement. And the statement became a what? A law. So God bound himself with his own words. When you eat this fruit, you surely die. It means death was created not by Satan, but death was created by God himself. But death had no what? No power to kill. Death was innocent. It was not activated yet. It could not kill any human being, though it was created by God. So God showed Adam, he said, the day you eat, you see this death is going to kill you. Because a king is spoken, it becomes a law. So, Adam and Eve, they were the embodiment that was given as kings to rule on the earth. They were the only species that were allowed to rule as kings on this earth. Why? Because God had to fashion a house called a body so that when they come on this earth, the body is the only one that rules on earth. No spirit can rule on earth. That was God's plan. Amen? No spirit, because we can't see spirits flying. Can you see a spirit? They have no legal right. So the only one who had a legal right to operate on earth was a human being with a what? With this body. Come on. A human being with a what? You are the only one, the only one allowed to rule on the earth. The earth realm is man's domain. When you go to heaven, it's no longer your domain. 
<laughs> so don't tell me I'll be rich when I go to heaven. Enjoy your riches here. That's your demon domain. Amen? So the earth was given to man to enjoy. But there was a cherubim, a cherubim. We read him in the book of Ezekiel, who was jobless, without portfolio, sacked in heaven because he had rebelled against God. His name was Lucifer. He had God give these instructions to men. And he said, I'll go and tempt men. But he could not come directly to Adam and Eve because he had no legal body to do that. He needed a legal body made from the dust. So he had to borrow the body of a serpent. Because he was illegal as a spirit, Lucifer could not do it. So he had to borrow a body. He needed a body to use. So he used the body of a serpent. And he went to Adam and Eve. It means even by then, animals were not harmful to human beings. He went to Eve and Adam. He said, hey guys, what did God say? Did God say? And then because men, Mama Eva, could not believe what God had told her. She went ahead. What did she do? She agreed with the serpent. She took the dominion that God had given him, handed it on a silver platter to the devil. When God came, Adam, where are you? He was already hiding. He had already done what God had told him not to do. So men died. Men died. How come he died yet? The Bible says Adam lived for 930 years after the Bible had pro pronounced the death of Adam. It was because it was not the physical body that died. Amen. Men have got three types of deaths. Tell me, come on, let's go. Number one, physical. Number two. Number three. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you today. Go and do your homework. So anyway, men died. Amen. Men died. And the penalty that God had given to men was death. Eternal death. That was the judgment. Eternal death. But because God's love for men, God's love for you and me, even though men had what? Sinned. But the love of God for humanity, when he created you, he had a backup plan in case you just do the wrong thing. He had a backup plan before man was created. Because if you read your Bible, it says the lamb was already slain before he was even born. The love of God is amazing. God already had a backup plan just in case men miss it. The lamb was slain before what? And this is what happened. 
Years later. Years later, God did everything to try and say to men, you can live holy because God is holy. He cannot what? He cannot stand sin. But one thing, I want to tell you the reason why God allowed men to do, to die. Uh, give me Deuteronomy 1 verse 17 and then Psalm 37 and 28 and then give me Psalm 9 verse 16. Why did God allow men if he loves men so much? If God is sovereign, if he's a good God at all, why did he allow the man that he says, I love so much, to, to die? Why didn't he just forgive us? Isn't that, a, isn't that a question that many people ask? If he loved us so much, why did he let Eve and Adam eat the fruit? Why didn't he tell them to stop? Why didn't he tell them to stop? Number one, he did not tell them to stop because he gave them free will. As human beings, you have got free will. You can curse God today the whole day. It's your free will. Or you can choose to worship God in truth and in spirit. It's your free will. You can choose to say, I don't want to be a child of God because he respects the free will that he gave to you. Number two, he would not violate. Uh, give, me, give me Deuteronomy 117. He would not violate his own word. Remember, you shall not show what? Partiality in judgment. You shall hear the small as well as the great. You shall not be afraid in any man's presence. For the judgment is God's. The case that is too hard for you, bring to me and I will hear it. The part that I want you to see there. For the judgment... Give me Psalm 37, 28. Hallelujah. 37, 28. For the Lord loves. Come on. For the Lord. Let's read together. Go. I want you to see the first part. For the Lord loves, give me Psalm 916. Psalm 9 verse 16. Let's go. The Lord is known by the judgment. He does what? Come on, read with me everybody. The wicked is not in the work of his own hands. I want you to see that part. The Lord is known by the what? The judgment he executes. God cannot lie because he is holy. If he had lied, that he would surely die. And then they would not have died. It means the integrity of God was online. We would not trust God anymore. So because God cannot lie, he had to stick with what? With his promise. He made a promise to men. He made a promise to Adam and Eve that day you eat of the fruit you surely. So the faithfulness of God is what brought life uh, death to us. It was the faithfulness of God. I know it doesn't make sense to you but that's the reality. He could not go against his own words. 
God is not man that he should lie. Nor the son of man that he should repent of any of his promises. That which he has, he has spoken will surely come to pass. I think it's Numbers 19.23 or 23.19. God is not man that he should lie. When he speaks a word, it will come to pass. So men died. But because he had a backup plan, he tried all these years. He sent prophets. He sent preachers. All this Old Testament, all what God was trying to do is to redeem men. But the blood of bulls and everything did not work to redeem, to bring the redemption of men. Therefore, God had to do something. He had to make a decision to come himself. He had to make a decision to come himself. You didn't hear me. I said God had to come himself on this earth. How did he come? God had to come legally. He had to come legally. He could not come as a spirit. He needed a body to use to fulfill the redemption of man. So what did he do? He went back to what he promised in Genesis 3 verse 15. What did he say in Genesis 3:15? Give me Genesis 3:15. The same woman you used. The same woman if you used to rebel against me, God. She is exactly the same woman I'm going to use to bring the seed that shall bruise your head. Come on, somebody. Now this prophecy, and I'll put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and your seed, he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. This prophecy was later fulfilled in the book of Matthew. When God had to seek a virgin by the name of Mary, he borrowed the womb of Mary so that he would come, humble himself, God himself. Can you imagine? God himself humbled himself to come into his own creation, borrowed Mary's womb, and sat there for nine months. Because God had to do something legal. He, everything has got, had to be legal. Everything had to be what? Legal. So he had to come into Mary legally. Stay there for nine months legally. Be born by a virgin Mary legally. One thing that the devil didn't know is that God, when he was creating a woman, he created a woman for himself. He didn't know that. He, God created a woman for himself. He was a transportation that he was going, just in case I got to use a woman, this woman. This is the reason why, this is the reason why when a woman is pregnant, the child that the woman is carrying, her blood does not, the baby's blood does not mix with the blood of the mother. The blood of the baby in the stomach of a mom does not mix with your blood, women. It is the blood of the man preserved as a seed in the womb of a woman. So God did that deliberately so that himself, he will preserve himself. 
So, this is why today we hear about Jesus Christ. Jesus was the body. Hallelujah. And Christ was God himself. Jesus was the body. A son is born unto us. Give us that verse. I think Isaiah 9, 6 or something like that. Jesus was the human body, the body that God used, that he needed to come into so that it would work legally. Because if God did not done that legally, the devil was going to say foul. Yeah. You played what? Yeah. He was going to cry and say, but you said you are holy and you say you can never lie. How come you lied here? God is justice. He's the God of what? Justice. The word justice, the judge, there the J-U means judgment. When God blesses you, you have been judged. Do you know that? Because you've done something and now you've got to be judged and your judgment is blessing, receive blessing. So God is a God of justice. For unto us a child is Unto us a son is? Come on, you did not get it. Let's read again. For unto us. Come on, let's go together, church. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Who is the child? And who is the son? Uh-uh. Christ is the what? Okay, let's go. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is Given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. For him to come on earth, he needed a legal body. So he had to come through Mary and give birth to Jesus for nine months so that he will fulfill his own assignment. So the devil was not so smart. He didn't even know what was going on. And he thought, ah, if he gives birth to this guy, it doesn't matter. You know, this is the issue that is so confusing that the devil is so confused. When he heard about the king being born again, he had to go on a, sp a spree of killing all the boys. All the boys. Because he doesn't care. He destroys anything. The devil can destroy anything in your life. He doesn't care. He may give you blessings that you call their blessings. Let me tell you, you pay a, a price at the end of the day. That's why the Bible says, what will it benefit the man to gain the whole world and lose your soul? Because eventually you lose it. He may give it to you today and you may rejoice. But know that at the end you what? You cry. Jesus was born to us. The reason he came, the reason he was born was to fulfill what men did in Genesis chapter 3. Hallelujah. What happened in Genesis chapter 3, it needed what God meant by you will die. It was like, Pipi, do you want to come for a minute? I love in the illustrating so that this thing will last in your mind for the rest of your life. Santa is not Christmas. Jesus is the deal. So, 
Man was supposed to die. He was given a judgment. He was supposed to what? To die. When I say he, you understand I'm talking of your spirit man, right? Your spirit man is no gender. It's neither man or woman. You are a he, right? So the man was supposed to what? To die. Because he had already been what? Judged. The judgment had already been what? Given. Passed. Sentenced. Men had already been sentenced guilty. Boom. Guilty. Right? So the coming of Jesus Christ, the coming of Jesus Christ, it was to look at this man ready to be hanged on the gallows, sentenced with all his sins upon him. And Jesus was watching. The clock was ticking. Five, four, three, two, one. He stepped in. He said, don't kill him. I'll die in his place. Take everything that he has wronged you. Put it upon me. Take everything, take everything. Prostitution, robbery. Ah, come on, any sin, gossip. Put it on me. Everything. Put it on me. And I have come as a sacrifice. God bless you. I have come as the sacrifice. This is why we call him a sacrificial lamb. He who was slain without no sin. But he took it all on him. Upon himself. Jesus Christ died for you and me. We see him on the cross with all our sins. And when he said it is finished, what he made was mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. But the devil had no idea what was happening. He had no idea. He thought he had won. There was party in hell, celebrating the death of Christ, rejoicing. <laughs> they had no idea what was happening. You know, the Bible said they buried him. After three days, he rose again. And the Bible says he went, he descended to hell. And he got there. He said, man, the keys that you took of life and death to Adam, can I have them? Boom. Can I have the keys? The Bible says he ascended with the dominion we lost. He ascended with the leadership we lost. He ascended with the sovereignty. Dominion was restored unto you and me. We were given back our lives. That we lost in Genesis chapter 3 was restored. We are creatures of redemption. The coming of the Savior. You got to celebrate the coming of Jesus. Rise on your feet. You need to thank God for the coming of the Messiah. The anointing was upon him. Come on, raise your hands. Say, I celebrate you, God. I thank you for Jesus. We thank God for Jesus. He brought redemption of every sinner, every man and woman. You were redeemed on the cross. You were redeemed on the cross. Jesus, he restored. 
He restored life. He restored life. You may sit for another minute. Hallelujah. Death could not hold him. He had no rival. He had no equal. All that he had, he was holding the kingdom in his hands. He was holding the kingdom in his hands. And he went back to Adam and Eve. You and me. He said you can take it back. You can have it back. Hallelujah. You know the reason why the devil kicks you left, right, and said, you are ignorant of who you are. You are ignorant of what has happened. The devil abused you because of your ignorance. When you know what Jesus did on the cross, he finished it. It was finished on the cross. It was finished on the cross. We thank God for the birth of the Messiah. We thank God this is the real deal. That's the real deal. The coming of Christ was the real deal for every Christian. That's why we celebrate the coming of the Messiah. John 18, 37. For this, that's Jesus speaking now. He says, for this I was born. And for this I have come into the world. To be a witness to the truth. Hallelujah. Hebrews 2, verse 14 and 15. The reason... I came as to appear and to destroy the works of the devil. He came to destroy the works of the devil. Cancer is the work of the devil. AIDS is the work of the devil. Poverty is the work of the devil. Lack is the work of the devil. Sickness is the work of the devil. Hatred is the work of the devil. Gossip is the work of the devil. Slander is the work of the devil. Jesus came to redeem you from the works of the devil. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. We were dying in sin. Languishing in sin. With a death penalty. And the moment Jesus came, that judge, boom, case dismissed. You are free. You are justified. You are sanctified. Now we are called the righteousness of God. When you pray, it's no longer you. It's no longer I that liveth. But Jesus lives in me. It is no longer I that liveth, but Christ lives in me. So when I pray, I don't use my own righteousness. It's not worthy. It's like filth rags before God. But when I confess my sin, I put on the righteousness of Christ. It is no longer I. God does not look at me. He sees the blood of Jesus. And he grants my heart desire. Hallelujah. Luke 19.10, for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. The, uh, Mark 10.45, the son of man came not to be saved, but to save and to give his life as a ransom for many. I sing the song, God send his son. They call him Jesus. Hallelujah. He came to live. Die. And resurrect to buy your pardon. An empty grave is there to prove today that our Savior lives.
He's still alive. Hallelujah. We serve a great and a mighty God. God promised a redeemer to Adam and Eve. The second Adam came, Jesus Christ, and he gave us back life. Are you here, my brother and my sister? Maybe you've been just going to church as a church goer. You didn't know that you need a savior. Maybe you've never got to a point where you consider Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life. I have good news for you today. As you celebrate Christ, may Christ be birthed in your heart today. May you know who Jesus Christ is by accepting him to come into your heart and be the Lord and Savior of your life. Maybe you've been a Christian for a long time. You've been walking this journey and then you just backslid. Backsliding is very easy. You feel in your spirit, I'm not in that place anymore where I have a relationship and that connection with Christ. I came to give you another opportunity to invite Jesus to come back into your heart, to come back into your life one more time and then you allow him to be the Lord and Savior of your whole life. Maybe you've been coming to church, but Jesus has got only one room in the heart where you've got 50 rooms. You've allowed Jesus maybe three or four rooms. The other rooms, they all belong to you. I have, ah, hallelujah. I am calling on you today to say invite Jesus to take over every room in your life. To occupy every room in your life. All those people you hear testifying is because they've allowed him to be the Lord and Savior of their lives. As we stand up this afternoon, I am calling you this Christmas, this day, the day we celebrate the coming of the Messiah. Look deeper inside of your heart. Where are you? Where are you where Christ is concerned? Are you sold out to Jesus? Is it all about you? What is it? If you backslidden, if you are here, raise your hands. Let's close our eyes. You say, I want to renew my relationship with Jesus Christ. I've been walking in my own way. I've been making my flesh the Lord and Savior of my life. But today I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. Maybe you are here and you have never invited Jesus into your life. As we bow our heads and close our eyes at this point. I want to invite you to raise your hand. Not to men, because this God has given you a free will. What you do with your will is entirely up to you. If you choose to love him, he will come and abide in you. If you choose to ignore him, he will also walk away. If you open the door of your heart, today he will come. Can we close our eyes and bow our heads? If you are here and you say, I want to... I restore my relationship with God. Raise your hand. Say, God, I've raised my hand today. I want us to pray with our brothers and sisters as we pray. If you know you things are not okay in your life, you know when you do these things, you are doing it unto God and He's the rewarder of the faithful people. Those who are faithful, who say, Lord, come again in my life. I was not in that kind of relationship. Anyway, I was not maintaining the relationship. I have not been faithful to the relationship. I've been like a prostitute with other gods in my life. I have not paid faithful attention to you. 
May we bow our heads and you pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. I repent today for living my own way. But today, I acknowledge that you are the Son of God. You are my Messiah and my Savior. I invite you to come into my heart and be the Lord and Savior of my life from this day moving forward. Devil, I no longer belong to you. I'm now a new creature. I belong to Jesus. Amen and amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, your people, your sheep, we come before you one more time as we dedicate your people into your hands, as we surrender their lives into your hands. Father, let thy will be done. 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 From this day, Holy Spirit, begin to work within them and make sure they are growing according to the mind and the will of God. I thank you this afternoon. I bless them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you so much. I hope you will have a Merry Christmas and a blessed, blessed New Year. Hallelujah.